Hey there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Sandemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to sit down with Donna Barrett, who's the General Secretary of the Assemblies of God. And um, this is part of the series we're doing on Revisited, where we're sitting down with some of the people that I interviewed in the first 10 episodes of the podcast, and just to get to learn from them, how they've changed over the last two years. These were people that I interviewed before COVID and before the world changed. And um, yeah, I had no idea. I've said before, I lost my profit license. I thought COVID would last, you know, a few a few weeks, few months, and here we are still, you know, still impacting us today. But get to sit down with um, Donna and uh, just learn from her how God has been speaking to her, what she sees in the church, what she sees in missions. And um, yeah, just phenomenal to, to learn from her once again. And so, yeah, we'll continue these every other week. The first one was with Greg Mundus. The second, um, this second revisited series was with, is with Donna Barrett. And we'll continue these going out. Greg, we'll have Greg Beggs. We have Dick Dick Brogdon, we have um, Pastor Greg Ford, Pastor Mark Lehman, yeah, and some great leaders just to get to learn from them once again. Do want to ask you to continue to send in your questions for Back Channel with Foth. That's where we sit down with Dick Foth and answer um, your questions that listeners send in. It's always a fun time as I get to sit down and, and learn from Dick, and then and we curate those questions. And uh, yeah, it's just it's great to answer questions that people are asking, and not for me to as the podcast host to answer questions that people aren't asking. And so that gives us a pulse on questions that are rattling in people's hearts and minds. So, well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited um, today to have a friend of the podcast, um, Pastor, General Secretary of the Assemblies of God, Donna Barrett with us. Uh, we're, this is a part of a series that we're doing, re-interviewing um, some of the, actually the first 10 interviews of the podcast. And I'm so excited to have Donna back with us on the podcast today. Donna, welcome back. Hey, Aaron. Thank you. It's a privilege to be back and thanks for the invitation. Last time we had our conversation, I was in Madagascar and it was pre-COVID and pre a lot of other things. And now I'm in Kenya and, um, but God is good. He's got us to this point and uh, really excited to learn from you um, once again today. Donna, would you be able just to share a few minutes uh, about yourself? Maybe some people didn't listen to the first episode, um, but just share a little bit about yourself before we jump into some questions. Sure. Ministry is my second career. I worked in a law office before that as a paralegal and uh, then studied for ministry using the global distance learning feature. And I served as a youth pastor for Tabernacle in Youngstown, Ohio, and then was an associate pastor for seven years at Bethel Temple in Parma. That's in the Cleveland area, a suburb there. Uh, that church and my Ohio district helped me plant a church uh, in a, a nearby suburb of Cleveland where I pastored for almost 15 years. And uh, then I've been here in Springfield, Missouri for almost four years, serving in this new assignment from the Lord as general secretary. Uh, I'm single, never been married. I have seven nieces and nephews, and uh, I like to bike ride and play pickleball for fun. That's the, that's the quick version. Wow. Pickleball. I think you're the first guest, at least that I've known um, out of 162 episodes that they, they like to play pickleball. So have you always played pickleball or is that something you, you've picked up recently? I just picked it up recently. I, I was on a sabbatical and uh, learned in Florida and then came out here to Springfield and met some friends. It's a good way to get some exercise and meet people who are not 
a part of the Assembly of God tribe. So <laughs> the win win. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Well, Donna, um, the first question I have for you today is kind of a general question. You can take it whatever direction you would like. How are you different today um, than when the first time I interviewed you pre-COVID and pre uh, a lot of a lot of other things? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I'm I've I've got my feet under me a little bit more in this position that I'm in right now, just learning things that repeat themselves after a second year. So I feel a little more settled in that regard. But then any of the stability that time gave, COVID disrupted. Um, so I'm a little bit more aware of the of the thin place between God and us, uh, that life is fragile, uh, that today could be my last, uh, then more flexible. You know, when COVID broke, I had, um, I think, 35 speaking engagements on my calendar to travel wow. and all of that got canceled. So, um, you know, to think of a district council canceling or a general presbytery meeting pivoting from in-person to online, that requires major flexibility. So yeah. more flexible and then maybe uh, more thankful. Yeah, God yeah. has blessed us and pointed out so many things we have to be thankful for. Those are some of the changes that are off the top of my head. Sure. In our first interview, you shared about, um, I think you gave the illustration of like a six leg table. You talked about being self-aware, self-engaged. I think self-aware, self-engaged, other aware, other engaged, God aware, God engaged. Did that help you navigate these last two years? That was one um, thing that I took notes of um, in our last time together. Could you just share a little bit more? And uh, did that help you over the last two years? Yeah, that's an outline of relational wisdom created by Ken Sandy. The uh, resource from it is rw360.org, and there's a phone app for it as well. I try to revisit that as often as I can because it's relevant and helpful in every situation. So if we look through that grid during COVID, I had to be self-aware and self-engaged that I like order. I like communication. <laughs> I'm not very flexible. So I became very self-aware of, of some of the, the things when I, when I pray, search me, oh God, and see what's inside of me. Repenting of that, uh, that was helpful. And then um, I think looking at being God aware and God engaged, like God, God, what are you doing during this COVID? What, what do you have in your heart when churches can't meet and we're digitized and we're stuck at home. What would it, my, my first Easter, actually, I was, I was home alone on Easter because of COVID. I couldn't travel and be with my family and people were quarantined. And I thought in my whole life, I've never been home alone on Easter Sunday, unable to even go to church. Wow. So God, what are you doing in the midst of this? And how can we engage your highest purposes? So absolutely. I used that model during COVID. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very, very much. It was timely. It was timely and, and something that I've used. And so I, I really appreciate you sharing it. Another question I have for you is, yeah, what are, what's a lesson maybe you learned over the last two years that maybe something you didn't know before? Obviously, we just learned about pickleball, that you play pickleball um, now. You didn't play that before. But is there something else maybe in life and in ministry that you've learned and, and an area you've grown in? Yeah, um, I could go several directions with that. Um, I think, you know, more technology and Zoom and just understanding the ways that we communicate. 
I've learned the value of attending church. I've attended church. I attended church even before I was a Christian because it was the thing to do in America. Um, maybe not as often and not as engaged, but when we were not allowed to attend church and then we were, it's caused me to value attending church and see the purpose of it. Or, for the fun of it, or it's not even a routine habit that I do just because I should, but I've learned the value of attending church of why Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And why he wants us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together with other believers. Even when I attend by zoom, I know that this is just supplemental because I'm traveling this weekend, but when I'm in town, I'm going to be in church and connect with my friends and I've got a pastor and he's going to have a word for me and I need to worship in a, in a community. I need to pray together with others. So that's new revelation for me on this side of COVID that has um, helped me quite a bit. That's good. And um, those in-person gatherings, do you see that? Is there a trend or is there a trend that you see people coming back into the church in the United States? Uh, many of the people listening to this podcast are serving around the world. And um, that is maybe an inquiring minds want to know question. Um, are you seeing a trend that people coming back? We are seeing people coming back. We're seeing people connect with the church digitally that were disconnected from the church before. And that's a victory. Um, we're seeing people who maybe are introverted and they love Jesus and they want to hear a sermon and they want to worship and they want to pray, but it is so anxiety producing for them to step into a room of two or 300 people that the digital worship has created a on-ramp for them to be a part of the church um, in a way that works for them. And then we're seeing uh, brick and mortar churches um, have a more robust digital presence to them. Um, when, when COVID broke, I was surprised how many churches had no digital connection and they had to, they had to pivot fast and yeah. make it happen. It was, it might've been messy and not, not at the quality they eventually got to, but everybody had to move to digital quickly. And then they kept the digital arm of it. So it, there, there's a, a silver lining in that cloud of COVID that has caused the church to be healthier, caused people to engage more, to stay engaged when they can't be there, if they're traveling or they're sick. Um, so it's it's good and bad, and people are coming back to church right now, especially um, masks just got lifted here in Springfield, and I expect to see even a greater surge in the weeks to come. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. So... Another question, you know, the first time we 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 talked, um, we talked about leadership intelligence, and um, you shared some very good nuggets and things that we can learn about leadership. How are you leading differently um, after this experience of the last two years going through COVID? Yeah, seizing every opportunity. Um, so during COVID, here at the national office, we shut down for two weeks before we had to, then we opened back up again. And then the mantra for a while was let's do more with less because financially the income was uh, slowing down. And so it allowed us to look at things that were 107 years old about the assemblies of God and say, can we do that more efficiently? Is that still relevant? Um, what is absolutely necessary right now? Can we do it in a way that we can do more with less? 
So one of the examples of that in my department is the ACMR report. It's um, uh, all church ministry report that has been collecting data from churches for a long time. When I was a pastor, I think there were 40 some questions and then it got reduced to 26. This last time around, we went to the nine main vital questions that need to be on the dashboard and we've moved it digital in a way that churches can keep track every weekend, accumulate the, the results and not have to um, fill out the report at the end of the year if they want. So, so many things we've just done differently and uh, we've been able to be nimble in doing that. And that's that's been good to see. Uh, living, um, leading differently, being more flexible, uh, leading differently by um, thinking about how close we are to eternity. I mean, during COVID, there were times when I would literally think, wow, if I catch this and go to a hospital, I could be dead in 24 hours. So hmm. is my house in order at home? Do I yeah. have my will and the all of the stuff for the person who's going to come in and figure this out yeah. in order? And um, I really did live with a closer reality that we're all one breath away yeah. from stepping into God's presence. And it yeah. impacted the way I pray. Um, when I pray now, it's into eternity it's not a checklist of god here's what i need to make my day better but god and i are talking and then one day i'll see him face to face and that conversation will continue yeah amen amen the other thing we talked about um originally we talked about your book leveling the praying field um helping everyone talk and to hear from god any new insights over the last two years? Um, obviously, the book was a phenomenal book, but any insights and maybe continuation on that? Well, it's just been a joy to interact with people who grabbed the book and used it, read it one or two times, uh, led their small groups through it. And just uh, I'm just humbled and honored at how the book has been helpful to people talk to God and hear from God and then teach other people to do the same. Um, just within the last 48 hours, I was able to talk to a group of Chi Alpha students who were gifted with the book and uh, were able to implement it as well, too. So, you know, at the end of the day, what ministry means is just taking the hand of God and attaching God's hand to some human being whom we love so much hmm. and putting the two of them together in communication while we back away. Hmm. so that God can talk to people and people can talk to God. Yeah. And it's just been fun to watch what God has done with that tool. Oh, it, it is it is an amazing tool. And um, with as much noise, I call it noise, there's so much going on in the world today with the noise, um, all these different voices. I just, as you said, and shared eloquently in the book, just being able to hear God's voice um, is, such a, is such a blessing, especially in the days we live, especially in the days we live. Along those those lines, you shared the the challenge and the reality of you know in twenty four hours you could be in a hospital and how that can all change. Has there been one? What's one of the biggest challenges um, that you've maybe encountered over the last two years? Was it maybe that the idea that hey reality is is their life is pretty fragile, or, or was there another challenge um, that you encountered in the last last two years? On a practical level, a challenge has been flying commercial uh, with flights being canceled, yes. having to wear the mask, trying to figure out, I'm gonna go with these guidelines and when I come back, are they gonna make me take a test? So yeah. it's been a challenge just to get any place that you have to fly. And I've learned to tell myself, 
pack expecting to get delayed, take <laughs> work, and um, you can use the time. And if you get where you thought you were going to get on time, it's going to be a surprise and a blessing. Just don't have lower your expectations. For sure. For sure. So that's, that's been a challenge. COVID has um, caused people to have to shut down in their building and yet uh, need to get the job done. And that's been a part of it here in this office, um, having to do more with less. And so those have been some of the challenges, but for the most part, it's, it's squeezed us in a way that's made us better on the other side. That's awesome. Awesome. And as far as areas, maybe you feel strong, do you, is there an area that you feel stronger in um, now? Uh, maybe versus two years ago, you talked about getting your feet under in the, in your in the current role that you're serving in. But then that kind of changed with COVID. Is there an area that you feel like God's really strengthened you? You mentioned prayer. Is there another area, maybe? Yeah, um, I think you know it, it's given us an opportunity to uh, do things differently here in our office. So now we. We've, we were forced to, and it's a good thing, that we have a three-phase process for districts to digitally authenticate documents that they need to send in instead of wet signatures and snail mail and waiting for the United States Postal Service to bring us something. Yeah. Um, we we switched that so it's going to help your missionaries as well, too. They can take credential exams overseas with a proctor watching them um, on on a screen. They can sign documents. Uh, we have the first two phases finished and we're about to finish DocuSign so that missionaries can upgrade their credentials and take care of some of those things uh, without having to come back to the United States or look for a notary public in your country and yeah. you can't find them. So some of those things have uh, helped to make us stronger along the way. Um, Very cool. Yeah, those are things. Very cool. And as, as we look, you look over the last two years, as far as leaders, um, was there a leader or maybe some leaders that you saw lead well through this time of, I call it the turbulent times that we went through. Is there somebody, one, maybe one or two people with you, you saw they man said they, they really led well. Yeah, I, I would have to say it was our general superintendent, Doug Clay. Um, he, I wouldn't, I would not have wanted anyone else to be in his position during this time than Doug. Um, he led well. He appointed a, a team here to study the COVID situation for our 500 or so employees here in Springfield. He also directed our um, different departments to create a bucket online so that the ministers on the field and the churches across the nation could access the resources they needed without having to look for them. And he has taken advantage of the opportunity to uh, do some trimming, making tough decisions instead of postponing them for the future or kicking the can down the road. Um, he's done that well during this time. One of the keys during COVID of a great leader has been communicating what you can and communicating what, what you're working on and uh, what's coming down the down the road. The more more that people are out of control because of COVID and what's happening the, in the world, the more they need strong leadership to communicate with them. And um, he's done that well. And uh, you're right. The, the, the necessity of, for communication, I think COVID has highlighted that. And even, you know, some of the, as we've had to come into, um, 
face to face with some of the racial um, realities in the United States. I think communication of who we are and what we believe in. I, I agree. Doug, Pastor Doug has led very, very well and um, been a very, very encouraging. And um, yeah, I'm glad to have him have him at the helm, as you said, as we say during this one. Is there anything specific God's been laying on your heart um, over the the last two years during as we walk through COVID, and specifically maybe anything that God's spoken to you about? Yeah, I think I think several things, Aaron. Um, it's driven us all as ministers to be recommitted to our call because of the challenge. You know, we do the credential renewal here in my office, and um, if it's easy for you to quit, you probably weren't called. Um, but when times get tough, it drives you back to, I do what I do because I'm called of God. And that has been heightened in my view. And then it's helped us to know that the church is more universal than the humans that are sitting in front of you. Um, you know, a pastor might think, well, my congregation uh, is comprised of these 300 people who sit in front of me on Sunday morning. But during COVID, it's caused us to see the church more globally, that there are people in another country watching online, or there are people who sat in your pew for years that have not come back and can't come back, or maybe have chosen not to come back. And so um, to serve whoever God puts in front of you uh, as pastors, and we all we all are shepherds caring for sheep, May we care for whoever God assigns to us and not chase after the one who has left or despise the one that God's put before us. And then to measure us, measure us in church or how much money we have, but what does success look like in God's eyes? Um, and then serving in isolation is, um, you know, serving in isolation is not why we're a part of a voluntary cooperative fellowship. The Assemblies of God has put us in a family for a reason, and so that's important. But um, I would say one of the areas that God's been speaking to me about uh, even recently is that we all have one common enemy and our enemy is Satan. And during COVID, we've made enemies out of teammates accidentally, and we really need to give attention to that. Um, you know, there was there was a time when the enemy of the church was on the outside. It was, you know, the government telling you you cannot meet. But during COVID, we saw church boards turn on one another. We saw leadership within a staff turn on the pastor. Should we mask or shouldn't we mask? Do we vaccinate or don't we vaccinate? And we, we've had friendly fire exchanged in a way like I've never seen before inside the church. And so what God's been speaking to me about and asking me to encourage others is that we have one common enemy. He is Satan. The rest of us are team members. Now, we might not agree with the team member. We might have a personal preference that's different from a team member. Um, we might not like the decisions a church down the street is making or another missionary across town, but we are all on the same team for the same purpose, and that's God's purpose, and we only have one common enemy, and that is Satan. So that's something he's been speaking to me recently about that I think can help help us as the church to um, watch out. Sure, for sure. Have you seen the I think we've talked in the past about mental health and the mental health of pastors is, um, is there any, maybe a specific word you would have maybe for, as you shared about the call and maybe there's a missionary listening, struggling with that call. And then the things we place value in, um, you know, I think are ba two basic human needs are belonging and mattering. And, um, sometimes during this COVID process, 
trying to figure all that has been challenged. And then it's made us, I think, at least for me, it's made me have some questions. Um, do you see trends within mental health of pastors or yeah, maybe anything specific on that? Mental health care experts, particularly those who um, serve the body of Christ specifically, have had have had up to a 110% increase in uh, requests for counseling. COVID has impacted us physiologically. People that have had long-term COVID, something has shifted in who they are in their makeup. And then the sociological impact externally has caused us to... Uh, increase in anxiety. So there's there's a heightened need for mental health care help, and especially with ministers and missionaries, because so many people are looking at us for help. In America, it's been a long time since ministers have had the um, adverse feedback from people in their inner circle like they have right now. We've got, we might have been a little bit soft to that. And yeah. so we've had to toughen up to it a little bit. So the need is heightened and the access is heightened as well. So it used to be you had to drive somewhere to see a counselor. Now you can do telehealth yeah. and counsel with somebody all around the world and get the mental health care that you need. And as leaders go, so go the people who follow them. Hmm. If ministers have mental health care needs that they're not getting remedied and getting help with, what leaks out of them is going to perpetuate anxiety and the need with those that they serve. So it's all the more important, especially during this time, that we care for our own mental health so that what we pass on to those we serve is not toxic, but it's healthy. Yeah, for sure. And if somebody's listening in, there maybe a, somebody's got a missionary, maybe a somebody's got a pastor. Are there things that they can access to for mental health care through through the national office? Sure. On the back of their credential card, Aaron, is an 800 number that any um, credentialed minister or their mate or their kids can call and speak with a counselor for no charge. Um, there are restrictive hours, and I realize many of your audience members are on the other parts of the world, so they're going to have to figure out the time zone difference. But that's a service that we provide. Also, we provide all the credential holders with a free subscription to Right Now Media that has tons of resources that you can watch and learn and podcasts you can sign up for um, that help with mental health care. And then our mental health care committee right now is working on a, a website that is going to have a bunch of resources on it. I was just on ag.org website recently, and um, there are places where ministers can go for a breakaway. Um, I believe they all are in the United States, but when your listening audience is back home in the yeah. United States and they want to go away for a weekend for free or for a, a small cost, there's a long list of places that they can check out in all of our states in Canada um, to get a little bit of a break. Sometimes what we need for mental health care is just rest and a chance to get away and be out in nature. Yeah. So those are a few that come off the top of my The regional director, Greg Beggs, had was in discussion with you, and you were having some discussions about resources available for female leaders. Would you take a few minutes, and, and or more if you'd like, and share about the resources that are available for female leaders? Yeah. Um, 
uh, Greg Mundus invited me to come over to his side of the building to share devotions and do Q&A with all of his regional directors and uh, share with them. And in the Q&A time, uh, Greg Beggs asked me, you know, what, what can we do to um, provide opportunity for women in ministry in a greater way? And I was just so encouraged to hear him ask those questions. So some of the, some of the things that we see um, going forward, just a few months ago when we met in Orlando with the Assemblies of God, uh, there was a resolution that advanced that was not a mandate, but was a suggestion. And the suggestion came from the executive presbytery to the general presbytery um, to, to before, uh, before the, the uh, floor. And what they asked was that the 66 districts would look at their governance structure to say, hey, would you create an opportunity around your presbytery at the district level to create a seat for a leader who is under 40, a leader who is a female ordained minister, a leader who is um, asking for um, someone who is an ethnic background different than your majority. So some of our districts said, oh yeah, we've done that a long time ago. We, we, that's not a problem for us. You know, Ohio, the Northwest uh, District, some of the districts have already created opportunity for that kind of inclusion. Other districts, however, have said, well, we're glad that you have advanced that suggestion so that we could have that conversation to start with our district as well, too. Hmm. So uh, the districts are doing that. that that's uh, helpful to them. And then at the local uh, pastoral level, some churches need to just upgrade their um, constitution and bylaws that are a little more inclusive, that they're using wording and verbiage that allows men and women to serve on their local board and that type of thing. So that's one of the things that I think are, are helpful helpful to them. But, you know, I have a, I have a 10 point step of uh, how a local church can open up the doors of opportunity for women in ministry, and then also um, opportunities that allow the local church to advance as well, too. So yeah. we're just we're encouraged for the door being opened up for men and women to serve together. Could you share one or two of those steps that local churches and make, you know, I think it'd be valuable for our teams um, that are listening in this of how we can, yeah, help or open doors or whatever the terminology would be to be more inclusive as far as women in ministry. Yeah. So if you have a, if you have a group of uh, ministers that are meeting that are both uh, ordained ministers, just be mindful to include both the men and women to step in and help. So sometimes it's just as practical as um, uh, providing childcare so that a husband and wife can both come into a meeting. Because in your world, you don't want to assume that the ordained minister should attend the meeting while the ordained mom should stay home with the children hmm. and never be included uh, with the with the giftings that are are uh, included, so that's a that's a practical way of just providing childcare and allowing the husband or the wife to step into meetings and participate, as opposed to to um, having um, meetings that exclude one or yeah, the other. For sure. Uh, another option might just be looking at um, what is our process. What is um, what is the, the constitution and bylaws for a local church that includes includes the language? I know in, in the world missions, op, uh, a world that you have 
women who have been missionaries on the field. And then when she marries, um, sometimes she feels like she has become silent hmm. and the husband has stepped up and been recognized as the missionary when really I'm aware that your world mission field is that husbands and wives are, are both uh, agreed to, as the, the missionary. Um, so, you know, that's not on purpose, that's accidental, but we can be more intentional on including men and women as equal missionaries who are serving side by side and somebody doesn't get silenced in the, in the process. Yeah, I appreciate that, the intentionality, because I, I do think, I, I say in general, missionaries that go to the field love Jesus and they love their family. And that's a general realities, but it, and I think team leaders and, and directors, they love, love Jesus and they love people at the same time, as you shared, sometimes, um, out of, if we're not intentional, we can silence people or make them feel like that they're not valued or they're not seen or they're not known or um, the giftings and talent, spiritual giftings. I think we, we bring um, if we uh, are not intentional about that, people can feel can get hurt. And um, that's the last thing we want to do is uh, is see it. And I, I think that's one thing I am encouraged about in Africa under Greg's leadership is that we are encouraging women that have natural talents, acquired abilities, and spiritual giftings to, to engage, to use them. And um, it's an exciting day as we go forward. And to see the, the women pastors, you know, we our first term was in Burkina Faso, and to see the the impact of women in ministry in Burkina Faso was was phenomenal, and see that here in Kenya and Madagascar, and um, it's just a phenomenal thing to see as a as a participant um, as a missionary. So very exciting times, and it becomes a win win because you have people that God has deposited a gifting into ministers, and uh, everyone wins when oh, God's gifts are uh, given space for yeah. people to serve and, and work. Awesome. Awesome. One last question before I ask you if you pray for us. Do you have an encouraging word or for the missionaries that are listening into this that um, maybe they've, they've went, it's been a challenging time and they've traversed these last two years. I know you love missionaries and love them um, deeply. Would you just have a maybe encouraging word for someone who's listening in? Yeah, I would just say thank you for not giving up. Thank you for hanging in there. Missionaries got stuck at home. Uh, whether that was here in the United States and they couldn't get back to their field or they got to their field but couldn't leave their apartment or couldn't get back to the United States. And it's been as tough as it's been for U.S. ministers. I can't imagine what it's been like for missionaries. So we love you and we just say thank you for not giving up. And thank you for looking around to see, hey, if I can't interact with some of my mission field You've been creative and innovative as missionaries. You've been steadfast, and we love you. We appreciate you, and we um, we notice. I was just on the uh, Bridge of Flags with Greg Mundus uh, three or four weeks ago, and he called us all together for a prayer time there, and we prayed over many of the flags that are there and the countries they represent and the people who are there, uh, and we appreciate our missionaries, and thank you for hanging in there and, and uh, being tough and not giving up. Amen. Amen. Donna, will you pray for us, um, whatever um, direction uh, that God leads you, just pray um, for the audience that's listening in today. Sure. Heavenly Father, I join my faith together with Aaron, and we join our faith across the miles with all of those in this listening audience. And if it's at a later time, 
And Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the access you give us that we can come to you and talk to you. And even better than that, we can hear from you. You speak to us and we thank you for that. And Lord, as Pentecostal missionaries and ministers, we thank you that we can pray in our prayer language and we might not know the details or we might not know how it should turn out, but we know that your Holy Spirit knows. And so we thank you for that gift that we can pray in the spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would open up blessings all around the world uh, on our missionary family. Lord, we pray specifically for those that are in Ukraine and Russia and Belarus and some of those areas that are uh, under attack right now. We ask you for favor and help. And Lord, we do pray for our missionaries in Africa that you would bless them. We pray for their families. We pray for the strength of their marriage. We pray, Lord, that you would help them to be um, flexible and uh, just receive strength from you, Lord, that they need. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to embrace them in your grip, meet their needs spiritually, physically, emotionally, and mentally. We ask you, Lord, that there would be fruit from their labor that would encourage their hearts. We ask you, Lord, that the gifts of the Spirit would flow through them in very practical ways. We pray, Lord, that the fruit of the Spirit would exude from them in ways that bring you glory and honor. And Lord, I pray blessings on Aaron. We thank you, Lord, for this tool that he makes available. And we pray, Lord, that it will go to just the listener that you know needs what's on here today. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen.